are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. What's going on, everybody? My name is James Bodden, and this is the Lunch Break Podcast. We are now broadcasting episode eight, and I am ecstatic about my guest today, Samantha Pierce. She is a customer success manager at Discover Org, and she lives and works remotely in New Jersey with her fiance and the best golden retriever in the world named Holly. <laughs> She's been in various sales positions, both new business and account management, which has set her up for success in her current role at Discover Org. Samantha, so happy to have you on the show. Yeah, James, great to actually meet you. I feel like we've been connected for a couple of years on LinkedIn, so super pumped about this opportunity, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's the beautiful part about LinkedIn and, and, and creating and being a part of content creation is you get the opportunity to finally kind of make that last actual connection. And, and so let's dive right into it. Talk to us about how you got started in sales and, and your journey thus far. Yeah, so I never, ever thought I'd work in an office. Um, I went to school for teaching. And I was in the classroom, got laid off. I was a first year teacher and wanted to move to Washington DC for Massachusetts to help some underprivileged kids because I knew I could really make an impact. So what did I do? I went to Google and I Googled coolest office in DC because I was like, if I'm going to work in an office, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. And that's where I'm going to spend my time while I get my license to teach in DC. So, you know, we had a spa, we had an aquarium, we had pool tables, ping pong tables. And then what I found out is I really loved it. Like I was just, I had no sales experience. I had never picked up the phone and I love talking to people. So when I was making cold calls, I was like, this is pretty sweet. And then when I would leave work and then obviously getting a paycheck, I was like, wow, I could actually get into this. So I stayed at this company, Cision, for a couple of years. And then another opportunity came into my lap to manage a sales team um, in Bethesda, Maryland. So I kind of took the skills I learned there, realized the challenges of business development and new sales, brought that to the team I was managing, and then um, wanted to make another shift into from managing to being an individual contributor again, because I realized I kind of liked being in control of my own business. And as much as I love the management experience and how much it taught me, I just really wanted all of the control <laughs> and like to know as hard as I work, that's how successful I could be. And yes. that's how I ended up at ranking, which discover org acquired ranking. And uh, here I am today. I love it. I love it. And, and what a great story about, and again, it's a constant theme from everybody that I talk to in sales, like just fall into it some way <laughs> or another, you out of either desperation or a stopgap for a larger plan that you might have like you. And then you end up figuring out that, wow, like these natural abilities that I have and these things that I like to do naturally fit very well into this sales role and make me successful as a salesperson. And to your point, I can get paid to yeah. do what I naturally do well. So that's such a great story. And the fact that you 
Googled coolest office. <laughs> what a better way to start <laughs> a job search. And, and what's nice is that not only was it a cool office, but it sounds like it was a great place to, to grow and, and really learn about what it means to be a salesperson. Because if you're like me, and, and I believe probably 90% of the population, you have this different idea about what being a salesperson is. It's the used car salesperson or, or tricking people into buying things that, that they don't really need. And if you're lucky enough to get into an organization that's doing things the right way and you can see it done the right way, you realize that sales is like a really great profession if it's done right. Yeah. And that's what I thought was very interesting because so the first sales role I had, it it was an experiment team. So there was really no process in place. So I got to go in there. I was given some training and the training was great, but I got to make it my own. So to your point, James, I took the things I'm actually just naturally good at from teaching, like listening. And every customer is different and every prospect is different. So I would take what they would say, just like I was teaching my kids, because think of a classroom of 30 kids where they all have so many different learning styles. And then even if you look past that and think about parents, you know, parents are going to respond to you differently. So it was just, it was so, I don't want to say easy because sales is not easy, but it just felt right. And I had absolutely no intention of being in sales, like zero, zero percent. Well, and and I think uh, another common theme is that life often will send you places and you'll end up in places that you never really thought you would. And so you now were a sales manager and I, I can relate to that feeling of wanting to be an individual contributor again, because it's a different ball game. There were many times that I, when I worked in, in retail wireless that I passed up management opportunities because it's a different ball game. Your, your yeah. quota is no longer really your own. And, and I'm curious, was your motivation to kind of become a, a, an individual contributor again also was part of it just kind of a desire to gain more experience? Because as, as a manager, and it sounds like you became a manager pretty quickly into your sales career. It was fast. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you're immediately pulled back from the front lines where you get to learn a lot. So th did that play into it at all? Yeah. So I, I learned a ton and there was a lot of the company I was at that I was managing. There was a lot of shift in leadership. And I, I'm sure you can relate to this where you, you think you've covered your ground at a spot. And I never want to be the type to work and dread working. I just, life is too short for that. And we all have a choice. and I'm not a quitter by any means. And you kind of see through all like the trials and tribulations. And then you know when it's time. So you just know, I don't see it getting better. And where can I really grow to the next step in my career? And that's where ranking came in. Um, so I was able to get that new sales experience from managing a sales team. I was able to understand the pain of a sales leader and the pain of a business development rep. So being able to fuel them with really great data to make their job easier. I mean, I lived it. I know. So that's why I think I've done well here because people trust me, you know, because I've, I've lived the pain. 
Yeah, well, it goes towards the all important idea that every salesperson knows is the truth, but most of us don't actually do it is getting to know your buyer, really understanding that persona, really digging in and fortunately for you and and a lot of folks that that get into the industry of of selling products that help salespeople, I'm always jealous of you guys because I often think to myself like, God, I would love to talk to salespeople because it's just a different level of understanding. There's um it's a it's a camaraderie when when you are talking to somebody who's been in sales, there's a little bit of a shorthand. And so I think that's great. Mm-hmm. It sounds like kind of throughout your career, you've had a pretty high level of like self-awareness of, of kind of constantly surveying the landscape of how things are going and where you want to go and how the company stacks up with where you want to go, which I think is so, so important for salespeople, especially because you have a skill that's transferable to many, you know, essentially any, any different business in the world. Definitely. And so you have to be careful and be strategic about the moves that you make. And so you've made these moves and now you find yourself in a CSM position. So how did you feel about yeah. that uh, coming from being such a, <laughs> such a natural salesperson? Yeah. So um, ranking and discover, or I don't know, are you familiar with the two companies? I am familiar okay. enough and actually am a happy customer of Discover Org and used you guys this morning to help me find some really key prospects. <laughs> so perfect. I love it. Um, so we were head to head competitors and honestly, it was a bloodbath. And mm. on ranking, I was new business when Discover Org and ranking became one. They kind of split us in half. So half of the team were put into new sales, half were put into CSM. I was super bummed. I'm not going to lie. As much as I appreciated the opportunity about being at Discover Org, I was like, I don't want to be a support person. I, I'm a hunter. I, I like the drive. I like digging. I like getting creative. And like I, I mentioned before, I, I'm not a quitter. I'm not going to just assume I know what the position's going to be and quit because I'm not happy with the title. So I thought through and I couldn't be more happy with it. So what I've really found, James, is that all of the skills I learned from being a new business, they've made me very successful in customer success because there's so much opportunity there. And something that was a challenge for me in new sales was you put all of this time and all of this energy into understanding your prospects. They see the value. They buy it, right? And then that's it. And you're still connected with them, but I can't see their success. I can't see, you know, how did this sale impact their business? But now being in customer success, I can't. So I absolutely love that because I really, I don't feel to your point too about, you know, all of these reputations with a salesperson. There's new car sales. There's this. I don't feel like I'm ever selling. I feel like I'm having business conversations and my customers really trust me because I do listen to them and I want what's best for them and their success really correlates to my success. Well, and that's such a great point. And what a, what a great point of view to kind of bring to the forefront. And what's interesting is that from hearing you kind of tell how you felt initially, you just assumed it was a support role. 
because yeah, I would. Uh, I see CSM customer success. Yeah, that's a support role. Now, uh, truthfully, uh, I don't really know what that means at different companies when I see it, because I think it has yeah. different iterations. But so being a, a, a natural hunting mentality salesperson and coming in to what what is widely considered to be a support role what are the main things that that you feel have have helped you become successful in in helping your customers that that relate back to your sales experience so compared to somebody who comes into the role that has no sales experience and then mm -hmm. there's you who has this nice layer and foundation of of just the things that you're aware of as a salesperson, the cues that you might be able to pick up on that somebody that's never been in sales might not get. Uh, talk to us about those aspects and how they've helped you. Yeah, so, so a couple of things there. One, I do think the mentality should come from leadership down. So mm -hmm. not every organization is like Discover Org viewing customer success as a sales role. Um, I mean, we all have recruiters reaching out to us all the time and they see customer success manager and they're like, yeah, we're looking for you to support our customers. There's no like comp plan, it's just a base salary. Mm. And really, I think that's all wrong. And the reason I say that is because when you get a new customer, especially at, at a, a SaaS company where there is room for growth and expansion, it's a significant investment and almost a leap of faith for new customers. You don't yeah. want to spend your whole budget when you don't know what's really going to work. So I think by having the sales mentality, you do look for new opportunities because you've seen some of your success, your customers be wildly successful doing certain things. So when I get a new customer, James, I'm, coaching them through like the onboarding and getting them very comfortable and then talking to them about their strategy and understanding the gaps that they currently have and talking about my other customers who have been in their shoes and what they've done to be successful. So I really think the customer voice is super, super important. And if you think from a new sales perspective too, when you tell a story about how your prospects became wildly successful doing what you're telling them to do, they just kind of let their guard down and they begin to trust you. Mm. That, that's so powerful because I think about it as a career salesperson. What a great scenario to be in with a client after all of the hard work that it takes to get somebody's attention and maybe some of the, the beating that you had to take along the way to, to, to find that right person and make that connection. Now you're able to sit with a customer who, who's already gone through that and is familiar mm -hmm. with the product, has identified the value of it enough to purchase it. And now you're able to have a conversation where, because I think the best salespeople are going to try to lead their customer to a successful outcome, however that happens. For sure whether it's the utilization of their products or a combination of theirs and another, however that happens. And, and unfortunately, because of the guards that are up, 
in that first part of the sales cycle, you don't sometimes get that opportunity to provide thought leadership or talk strategy and really dig in and figure out what's actually happening or what's actually important. It's not sometimes until well into the relationship that you start finding these things out. And so if I think about uh, myself as a salesperson or another salesperson out there that's thinking about what their next step could be, what a, yeah. what a great avenue to look at now because and I, I just I think there's going to be that huge shift I think from a leadership perspective and um, like a company organization instead of just having new sales and support or even like the hybrid role where new sales and then you manage your customers customer experience is so so important and you're going to retain customers and you're going to grow customers if they have a good experience and they feel like they're genuinely being taken care of. Well, and it's so interesting that you say that because I was speaking with somebody earlier today about the shift of focus to customer experience. Years ago, it, it was let's build the best product or let's, let's optimize our services the best. But now the experience for your customer has to be top of the line all the way through from the first time that you interact with them to the many times that you're going to hopefully interact with them when they become your customer. And another point that, that your experience shed some light on that I can imagine is an issue for other companies because it exists, you know, with other functions like marketing is the silo effect that happens. And so you mm -hmm. have companies that are running a sales team and they're running a customer success team and they're running a marketing team. And they're, while there may be some level of communication, hopefully about mm -hmm. what's going on, having that thread of truly training the customer success managers, the same way that you train the new sales reps is, is ultimate alignment. Because now there's no question about how we interact with customers all the way through. It's a, it's almost like an omni-channel experience for a retailer. You want it to be the same in right. the store as you do on the app, as you do on the website. And it should be that way for the customer throughout the sales process. So I think what you're, what you're bringing up is so important. So how would you, uh, get, you know, given your experience at Discover Org, which is an organization that empowers their CSMs to do these things. What, what, what advice would you give a CSM that that's not in that situation? That's, that that's not necessarily organizationally being empowered to drive new sales. What are some things that they could do in their role to start showing the value, not only to their customers, but internally too, that maybe this is something we need to start thinking about. I mean, I would start like what I started with are the sales resources out there. So like with books, with fanatical prospecting, I mean, I do those practices for my current customers and, you know, you find new opportunities and just, I think it's always be learning. I mean, it's just, it correlates exactly to a new sales role. And yes. if your organization isn't giving you those skills, there is so much out there. I mean, even from those thought leaders on LinkedIn or the books that we can read. What I think it really comes down to is you have to want it. 
If you're waiting on somebody to tell you, oh, here's what you should be doing, then you're going to wait, you know, but if you want to grow your customer book of business, or you want to kind of take a shift, how amazing is that to be the first customer success manager on your team to say, hey, I have this great idea. And I found this to be really successful. And then the leadership team is like, wow, everyone should be doing this. Maybe we need to incorporate this into our training program. So like my advice would be, James, don't wait. If you think there's an opportunity in your current role and you're not getting that from the top down yet, go get it yourself. And then your team will really, really appreciate it. Dynamite advice. That, <laughs> because it's the truth and you you're you're a perfect example of that you were put into situations that weren't ideal necessarily i don't necessarily want to be in this role but instead of immediately quitting or immediately being negative about it or checking out or all of the things that are super easy to do you decided to push through and and help create something that makes you happy and fulfills your your uh, creativity and, and, and that sales side of your brain, as well as, if you really think about it, you're thinking about what's best for the customer too. So yeah. who are you to only support your customer when there might be an opportunity to help them grow their business by leading them down that right path? I mean, I think that's just, such dynamite advice that's so great it's so funny too because thinking back like I said how I was bummed about this role I don't know that I will ever go into a strictly new business role again which I think if you talk to me a year and a half two years ago new business all the way I don't want to manage customers no way now I, I don't see myself ever and who knows what the future holds yeah, but yeah. <laughs> because of the experience i've had and the relationships i've created and the success i've seen i don't think i'll ever make the shift back to strictly new business well and this is another thought that i've had while we've been talking about this maybe you're a salesperson out there that doesn't necessarily enjoy the new business part of it because that's definitely real too and so maybe you're the part that you enjoy the most is that that interaction with the customer, once you get past that kind of uncomfortable top, top of the funnel <laughs> conversations and the hunting yeah. aspect. And so uh, what a great avenue, again, to be able to look at and look to. And one thing I wanted to mention that, that, that you brought up about not waiting. What a, what a great way to cement your reputation in your company in your industry as being somebody who's not going to wait around and if you see something that's valuable start going towards it by yourself and then your stock rises dramatically when when you bring something to your leadership team that not only is a new idea but has been fleshed out and executed somewhat by you and you've done all the work mm -hmm. for them and can show it's just it's just a good move all the way around so i i just i, I love want, it want to highlight that because i think anybody in any role needs to to think like that marketing operations sales customer success 
if I'm not getting what I want and see a better way and a path forward, do it yourself. Now, I guess the caveat would be don't get yourself fired in the process or, you know. Uh, yeah, of, of course. Know, I mean, don't be go, smart about it. Uh, yeah, don't don't make it the <laughs> the wild, wild west as far as uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever you want that, that I can see angry letters coming in. Um, <laughs> yeah, they listen to this but no it it to me the the entire story that you've told about your career is one of lots of self-awareness lots of taking action instead of quitting and lots of enjoying what you're doing I mean it it it, yeah. it shines through when you're speaking about it that it this is something that you wake up every day and you enjoy being able to help your customers grow and, and, and do what they need to do better. Yeah. Spot on. Mm, I love it. So as we wrap up, talk to us about discover org. I know what it is. I'm sure, you know, 90% of the listening audience knows <laughs> who and what Discover Org is, but uh, as tradition on the Lunch Break podcast, it's your time to talk about what you're doing currently and, and direct people wherever you want to direct them. Yeah, well, I mean, I know that majority of your audience listening to this, they have felt the pain of crappy data. You know, 60%, I forget who posted, maybe it was HubSpot, but 60% of a salesperson's time is spent researching instead of actually selling. How terrible is that? Um, and I'm sure we've both lived it where you are doing so much manual research or marketing. They have these great campaigns, but they're not going to the right people or they're going to old email addresses. Well, what I love about Discover Org is that we solve that for you. I mean, do what your, your passion is. If it's in the marketing team and coming up with banging content or your ABM strategy, you know, stop sending that to crappy email addresses, you know, get it to the right people. And then for a salesperson, being able to have more conversations and talk about your product and talk to more people, that's a win. Um, so really, I just think at this day and, day and age, everything is going to be more personalized and executives, everybody, they're getting so many phone calls and so many emails that let's get rid of that whole research component. Let an organization like Discover Org do that for you. So that way your team can get out there and do really what you're paying them to do. <laughs> I love it. And I can tell you as a, as a satisfied customer, it, it really does. <laughs> you know, I, I, I say that because it's the truth. We are building our, our beginning of the year campaigns and using Discover Org have been able to build uh, lists that are only mobile numbers and just these lists that are uh, just so ripe with the possibility of getting in touch with somebody much more than even when I think about the way that I would do things when I first started in inside sales five years ago, it makes me want to pull my hair out. Right Now, yeah. you know, it's, we get to sit and, and feel good about sitting down. And, and when we go to make cold calls, we're not going to make cold calls to fax machines or wrong numbers or the wrong person, I know that it's going to be worth my time to do that. So I can, I can sure. attest to everything you just said. <laughs> and, uh, Love it. As tradition, the last question that I ask everybody that comes on the lunch break podcast, what is your favorite lunch spot? 
So because I uh, I work remote and we're getting ready for a wedding in a couple of weeks, our, our go-to has been chicken and steamed vegetables. So uh, word up. Right now, yeah, right now it's pretty much like my kitchen and my desk. Um, uh, but post wedding, I would say like Chipotle. I mean, you get a couple meals out of it. You never have a bad meal there. It's quick. Uh, so post wedding, and I mean Chipotle isn't even that bad. So. Yeah. Uh, post wedding, I would definitely say uh, Chipotle. Well, yeah, you guys, all you got to do is just maybe cook up some rice, and it sounds like you've got Chipotle right there in the kitchen. You know, some <laughs> broccoli and rice. You know, that's I'm all for <laughs> exactly. It. I, love it. I love it. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I I truly appreciate you taking the time to share with us your experience, your your incredible insight into to what it means to be a great CSM and a great salesperson. And I just want to thank you once again for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it, James. And anybody out there listening that is in a customer success role or thinking about it, definitely shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Always happy to talk about, you know, how I got to where I am or any questions that you have. And uh, really appreciate the time, James. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I recommend you guys definitely do that. Samantha's a great <laughs> resource. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode eight of the Lunch Break podcast. Speak to you guys soon.